Well, hey, we're going to get into uh, part two of our series, uh, uh, Family Matters. And uh, today we're talking about two key practices uh, for us to have thriving, uh, I would say for us to have long-haul uh, healthy relationships. And I, I want you to zero in on the word practices. You know, so we're going to be talking this morning about two things that we need to continue to, to do, to work out, to make happen uh, in order uh, for our relationships to thrive. So uh, regardless of what life station you're, you're in in this room, uh, folks who have been uh, maybe newly married, folks who have been married for a while, uh, singles, you know, everywhere in between, I'm going to be leaning into some things that, that will... Uh, uh, you know, be uh, of application for marriage, but uh, in a larger picture, we're talking about all of our relationships. What we look at here today <clears throat> ties into all the relationships that are really, really important to us. So the first practice that we're going to talk about is communication. Uh, returning back to the, the topic of communication, it's, it's something that we don't want to get away from uh, for too long because it is absolutely critical. And you know, again, when we talk about something being a practice, uh, you, you know, I, I first started, I'm a little rusty now, it's been a little while since I've played, but I first started playing drums when I was in first grade. You know, I remember, uh, you know, the drumstick seemed gigantic in my little hands and, you know, I didn't start off behind a drum set. I didn't start off uh, playing with other musicians. You know, it was definitely, uh, you know, just being able to hold the sticks and, you know, uh, kind of look at what the, the music was saying and what was going on in my head versus what was happening with my hands. And it just required some practice. You know, so th this practice of communication, how many know that when you neglect practice, you get rusty, right? But if we continue to practice, then we can become more and more skilled. So to start off here, uh, and again, if you're following along, there's some uh, notes on this, some fill-ins and things. Uh, there's a, a business author, uh, Patrick Lencioni. He's written a bunch of uh, really great business books. And a lot of times, you know, there's, there's principles there that you look at that you can apply to, you know, your organization, uh, whether it's a business or, or a church or a nonprofit, uh, and even things that you can look at and you can apply personally to family. And uh, there's one book that uh, we've actually gleaned a lot from in our leadership, uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. That's a book that he wrote about how to be healthy as a team and, you know, not have dysfunction and so forth. Uh, but in his, his books, he talks about three keys of communicating effectively. And these things uh, serve as a really nice introduction as we talk about uh, communication here. You know, you know be, before I get to his things, let me just share, you know, because there's, there's good communication and then... There's not so good communication, right? There's a farmer and his wife were driving down the road to church one morning, and they had had a bit of a spat, and they weren't talking to each other, and both were, were fuming quite a bit. And, uh, you know, they're driving down, passing the different farms, and there's some, some pigs, a pig farm, uh, at which the wife comments to her husband, oh, look there, some of your relatives? <laughs> to which he responded, yes, my in-laws. See, there's not so good communication, and then there's good communication, right? So we want to be talking about good communication here, and, and uh, going back to Pat here, uh, so the first thing he talks about is repetition. 
So in, when we're communicating and, and there's, there's right things that we want to be communicating, we have to repeat those things over and over again. Now, just to be sure that I'm clear, how many know that I'm not saying, uh, I'm not giving permission for us to nag each other, right? That's not what I mean by repeating over and over again. But, you know, it's like the, the, the couple who came in for marriage, they'd been, or uh, marriage counseling, they'd been married for many years. And, you know, the pastor said, well, how, how can I help you today? Where do we start? And she said, well, you know, first off, you know, he has not told me he loved me since our wedding day. And to which he replied, I said I loved you on my wedding day. If it would have changed along the line, I would have let you know. I mean, you know, again, that's not great communication. You know, so the things that are important, we have to say over and over again. And this is true in every arena of relationship. You know, I even think, it, you know, from a, a pastor perspective, things that are vision, things that are core value and, and, and part of our purpose. There's times where I think, I'm tired of hearing me say this. Surely others are tired of hearing this, and yet there's, there's situations where I see folks are just starting to get what I've been beating the drum on, and, and so it goes. So I want to encourage parents with kids. I want to encourage, you know, in spouses, in, in whatever relationship we're talking about, repetition of critical ideas, it's really important to say over and over again. And then a second thing Pat Lencioni shares here is he says, keep the message simple. Uh, in other words, say it clearly. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes when folks are trying to sound intelligent, they'll, they'll take what they're talking about and they'll put it in the context of really big words and really kind of, you know, pontificate on these things. You know, somebody who's trying to sound smart will do that. Somebody who's trying to communicate will try to take what's complex and break it down and just make it simple. Right? And if we want to be in healthy communication with one another, uh, we want to say it clearly, not muddy it up, not bury it under a host of qualifiers or excuses or, or rationale. When Orville and Wilbur Wright finally succeeded in flying the first airplane for 59 seconds on December 17th, 1903, they rushed uh, to a telegram and, and, and uh, you know, to have a telegram sent to their sister in Ohio telling of their amazing accomplishment. And the telegram read, first sustained flight today, 59 seconds, hope to be home by Christmas. Well, their sister was so excited that she rushed to the newspaper uh, to share this communication with the editor. And the next day, the morning newspaper headline carried this, this statement, popular local bike mechanics to be home for the holidays. <laughs> they missed the point, you know. Sometimes when we think we're communicating oh so clearly, you, you know, we, we can find out by asking the other person, so what did you just hear me say? And find out, wow, they may have missed the point. What seems super obvious to me might not be obvious to the other person. So isn't, isn't this a good advice for us? J repetition of what's important and then keeping it simple. And then the third thought here is using multiple mediums. You know, uh, say it in every way that you 
know how. You, you know, uh, we, we learn and we glean and we receive in a lot of different ways. There is words, but there's also eyes, there's also voice, tone, and so forth, you know. Uh, so there's all different ways that we can communicate uh, things that are really important. So, so with that as a little bit of introduction, let's look at some things uh, scripturally that we want to grab a hold of uh, if we are going to practice good, healthy communication in our relationships. So the first, let's call it the foundation of communication for us as believers. The foundation is love, right? And, and love is preferring the other person's highest good. So when we look at communicating to others, we want to do it in love. Uh, love is what we build a whole marriage on, isn't it? Uh, and it's what we're needing always in communicating. I don't care who it is that we're communicating with. If we will do it in love, man, we are starting off with a great, great foundation. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Come on, can you say amen? amen? Man, the greatest of these is love. And so our mouth needs to communicate the right thing. You know, again, going back to that, you know, kind of silly illustration of, you know, I told you on our wedding day, if it changed, I would have let you know. No, we, we have to communicate on a regular basis. But not only do we need to communicate the right thing, we have to make sure that we don't communicate the wrong thing, which is why it's really great to constantly bring our mouth before the Lord for him to wash our mouth, right? Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it could benefit those who listen. So that, that's a great picture for us. That's communicating in love. Nothing unwholesome, uh, but only what's helpful, but helpful to build them up. Sometimes we want to share things that's helpful for us, but it's not helpful for the other person. Right? And we say, well, that makes me feel better, but really what we're saying is my flesh. You know, love prefers their highest good. That'll always help filter what is the right thing to be said. And then we have uh, Gary Chapman is another recent uh, biblical author. Uh, he's known for the five love languages. Uh, he wrote the book telling us all about you know, basically as human beings, there's five different expressions uh, of love for us uh, as human beings where, where we really feel loved. Now, all of them are wonderful. I don't think there's any person who would mind uh, any one of these, except for maybe uh, the third one here. Uh, well, there's acts of service. That's first. There's words of affirmation. Number three is physical touch. I know on that one, some are, you know, like Pastor Ralph, we always joke about like on his birthday and stuff, go hug Pastor Ralph, because that's not his love language. He's like, don't touch me. You know, I'm good. You know, you, you, can, you can express it another way. There's also number four, quality time. And then number five is the giving of gifts. So again, these aren't most, you know, you know like just pretty well received. But do you know for each of us, we have one or two of those love languages that's more like oxygen to us than the others. And if, you know, we as human beings, what's going to be easy for us is to love somebody else out of our love language, right? Now, you know, what if you have, you know, the wife's love language is quality time 
The husband's love language is uh, acts of service, giving of gifts, that kind of a thing. So, so, you know, he's on the couch, you know, sifting through the newspaper, you know, reading, I guess, modern, modernizing that. He's going through his phone, you know, not looking up, you know, and she's talking to him and he's going, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, going through it. And then finally she, you know, kind of puts her hand down, slams down his phone. You don't love me. You know, and, and he's on the couch exhausted and he's saying, I don't love you. I just worked overtime for six months so that you could get the vacation of your dreams. What do you mean I don't love you? Well, what's going on in this picture? That quality time is so meaningful in her love language that she couldn't see his attempt to, you know, the vacation was great appreciated, but she wasn't getting what was absolutely speaking to her, I love you, and, and it was a stumbling block for her. Come on, can you say amen? So it's really good for us to understand uh, the love language of people around us. Uh, and, and then, so, so foundation of love, and then from that, come on, any relationship that's going to be a long-haul relationship, that's going to thrive uh, for long-haul, there needs to be trust. There needs to be trust, right? Uh, and, and you know, what is the greatest trust builder? Uh, it's truth and being truthful. So Zechariah 8.16 says, These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgments in your courts. So this is talking about as a culture, as a society, we want to be truthful. And then Colossians 3.9 just spells it right out. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices. So hey, as believers, you know, hopefully, you know, we're not given to, you know, just like lying to each other. That's not good, right? We, we want to start with that, make sure that that's not there. But, you know, there's other ways where we don't move in the arena of truth. You know, uh, things like avoidance of conflict. Like, hey, there's something bugging me here, but I'm just going to avoid it altogether. Uh, I'm not going to deal with it. You know, we're kind of avoiding the truth. And then there's stuffing resentment. And man, I just, just hear it so loud today. We need to be so on guard against allowing resentment to build up in our lives. Resentment is the silent, slow burn killer of relationships. So we need to make sure that, that we're on guard for that, that we keep it. And, and what will foster resentment is not communicating. Then uh, uh, leaving a critical expectation that you have unaddressed. You have an expectation, it's not being addressed, and you just let it go, you, you don't go back and deal with it. You know, and here's the thing with expectations, sometimes we're not even aware of our own expectations. You, you know, so sometimes I'll be in, you know, uh, marriage, you know, conversations before, before a marriage. We'll, we'll talk a lot about communication and, and you know, other, other things. And, and sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll be, you know, in a, in a scenario where somebody will say, well, you know, this is meaningful to me. And the other person will say, well, it's my first time hearing from you that it's meaningful to you. How am I supposed to know? And, and the person will say, well, it's my first time realizing that it was meaningful to me. You know, so you look at that on two sides and it's like, well, how is the other person ever going to know if you don't know? But once we do find out, it is important for us to make sure that we share it. Come on, can you say amen? And those things change over the years. That's why I say this is a, a practice. 
You know, it's not like we can pour concrete and say, these are expectations, these are needs, pour it in concrete, it's set forever. You know, we change, we grow, seasons, different dynamics go on. So it's important for us to, uh, to go back. And then um, uh, communication can also get cut off if we exaggerate in argumenting uh, and, and, you know, we bully to make a point. You know, if we can't have conversation and where we feel safe in sharing what we feel, then communication is going to break down. Can you say amen? And sometimes what folks will do to avoid, uh, you know, uh, conflict and confrontation will be just to, to just strong arm into that situation. And then the bad news is then communication shuts off. So uh, communicating truthfully uh, is really, really essential. And uh, again, you have in your notes, I put three areas that are just of utmost importance. First one I, I already mentioned, but let's spell it out, expectations. And again, we have to do the work of dialoguing what are my expectations in this, this relationship, whatever kind of relationship it is. Hey, isn't that why uh, a, a decent workplace will have what's called a work agreement? So somebody doesn't come along and say, uh, you know, hey, we're writing you up because you haven't done A, B, or C. I didn't know I was supposed to do A, B, or C. There was no laying out of expectations, you know. So if that's important in a work environment, how much more in, you know, a family setting and, you know, friendships and things like that. So, and then the other thing is we have to come to terms with, are my expectations realistic? You know, and then we can negotiate and work through in resolving conflict that way. So, so there's expectations and then there's values. We have to communicate values. If we don't share the exact same priority of values, we have to uh, respect the other person's sense of that value and, and know it. And then, and then communicating hurts when somebody's been hurt. Uh, if, it, if that's not shared, and again, if both folks are walking in love, how can the person you know, sometimes folks are hurting somebody else and they don't even realize they're doing it. Come on, can you say amen? I know I'm starting to meddle because it's getting real quiet in here. Amen, amen. All right. So, uh, but here's the thing, right? The Bible says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. Right? We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's such a beautiful verse, right? But walking in the light, walking in truth, uh, bearing truth, being consistent with it. All right, let's talk now uh, key communication values in marriage. Again, uh, from the Word of God, respect and consideration. And, and again, let me take a, a, another step back here and say, church, how many know it doesn't matter whether we're talking about a marriage covenant relationship or uh, somebody that we go to work with that maybe we don't particularly care for. Respect uh, and consideration are absolutely essential if there's going to be any kind of relationship there. Not only that, but if there's even somebody that we're at odds with, if there's not respect and consideration, we are never going to open the door for there to be any kind of a constructive uh, dialogue to move forward. No opportunity for relationship to move forward if there's not respect or consideration. Come on, can you say amen? How many of you know that's something that we need to polish up in, our, in, in these days that we're living in right now? You know, to beat somebody down, to, uh, to conquer them in an argument, is that, is that loving that person? Is, is that preferring their highest good? Yeah, but they're right, so I'll beat it into them if I have to. 
really, are we going to beat any of that into anybody? I'm talking figuratively beating that into, you know, about arguing and debating and all the, all the fuss that happens in our world. But if we truly communicate respect and consideration, and you want to know what? When I start losing respect and consideration for another, what helps me get it back on track is I remember that person has infinite value and worth in God's eyes. That person is so, so loved by the Lord. And then that brings me back to, oh yeah, right. While I was his enemy, he loved me. You know, while I was a sinner, Christ died for me. Wow, how much more do I need to walk in? So respect and consideration doesn't mean that we're condoning something that goes crosswise to God's values or God's way. It means that as an individual made in God's image, you know, we're, we're starting with respect and consideration. So kind of taking that all the way out to even the most fringe interactions we have, pulling it back into marriage, um, Ephesians 5.21 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this is going to be a whole uh, discourse here of husbands and wives and their interaction with each other. And it begins with submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I think I, I neglected to mention this earlier. I said it in first service. But going back to this foundation of love and our relationships pouring out of a, a starting point of love, the... The way I maintain that in my own life is as I maintain my own personal devotion life with the Lord. As I have a, a regular time where I'm worshiping, praying in the Word of God, talking to the Lord, His love pours into my life, and then the idea is then I can pour His love out to others. And by the way, when I'm struggling in a relationship, I take that to the Lord as well. You know, and in that, I'll either get his comfort or sometimes a kick in the pants where he'll say, knock it off, or he'll say, yeah, you were wrong there. Go serve him. Go love him. You know, just push past it. You know, but the Lord will always be at work when I take that relationship and bring it to him. And, and when I'm living in a place, that's why, you know, a, a regular time of being with him to let him fill me up again is so essential for, for our relationships to be healthy. And that's really what we look at here, right? Ephesians 5, 21 to 33, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. This portion of scripture has been so um, warped and misused and misquoted and leveraged for people's selfishness, but it's really an incredible picture of mutual submission one to another in the marriage covenant, right? Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. And all the husbands are saying, honey, did you hear that? Submit to the husband. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body for which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now, notice this verse started off with submit to one another. But now it talks about, but what happens when, when we're in, in, in a situation of uh, accountability before God? It, what it's saying here is ultimately the husband is going to be accountable for his family before God. And he's saying, so wife... Keep that in mind as you guys are relating together with each other. Notice what it goes on to say then, but it's not just a husband saying, oh, I'm king of the castle. She does what I say because I'm the man, right? It, it goes on to say here, but husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church 
and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with the water through the word. What a picture of serving. What a a picture of sacrificing. What a picture of putting self second. We as human beings so often can fall short of this, but this, this is the aim. Right, so what we're looking at is when it's saying, all right, so, so get the picture. As the husband is seeking God with all of his heart, you know, and, and, and laying his life down for his spouse, and as there is mutual submitting one to another, what happens then in that scenario where she says, I think we're supposed to go left here. And he says, I think we're supposed to go right here. You know, it's, it's not a picture of, oh, well, since God said, I'm the man, we go right. <laughs> right? No, instead, it's as I lay my life down for you, as I love and serve you and put myself second, I can hear clearly on what God is saying. And you want to know what? Sometimes then I'll put myself in the instance. God will say to me, she's right. You're supposed to go left, dummy. He might call you sweetheart. Sometimes I need a dummy. Other times he might say, yep, go right. But you want to know what? If, if I'm doing that right, and I'm, I'm not in any way suggesting I'm, I'm like the picture perfect of this, you know, uh, but, but if I'm doing this right, it's a whole lot easier for my wife to say, all right, I'll get on board you with, this, with you on this. We'll trust the Lord together. Can you say amen? That's the picture that's getting painted here. So how many know this doesn't happen by accident? Right? This, this is like on purpose stuff that, that we really look to, to work out. It goes on, it says more. Uh, I think in, in your notes you have the verses going all the way down to 33. But I just know we're starting to run out of time. So let me move on here. Just the last couple of thoughts on communication. So some positive communication skills that we can uh, work into our, our, our lives. The first is listening skills. And some around the room just looked up and said, I'm sorry, what would you say? James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So some of the things that can help us with listening skills, just paying attention. And, and again, if, if it's a love language of quality time, probably we're going to need to put this down. Right? You know, just pay attention. Good eye contact is a part of showing the other person, I'm respecting you, I'm listening to what you're, you're saying. Listening until they're done talking. Uh, Instead of listening until we've come up with our rebuttal, and then we just wait for the words to stop, right? But listening until they're done talking, and then really, if we want to knock it out of the park and really, really, like, listening, like, bonus points here is reiterate back what we just heard the person say. You know, ah, okay, so you're saying blah, 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 blah. And by the way, if, if you're in a scenario where communication has broke down, broken down, that is a great, great way to begin to restore because we think differently, don't we? Right? And in and, and all relationships. And then the whole, you know, there's a reason why somebody wrote a book called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. You know, they're trying to drive home a point. Men and women, you know, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities here, though, think differently. So it does us so well to say, here's what I'm hearing you say. And, and it does a couple of things. First of all, it, 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 uh, it shows respect to the person. But second of all, it'll also help us understand if we missed it by a mile. You know, going back to uh, the, the Wright brothers and, and, you know, the communication from the, the sister. You know, she's communicating first sustained 
flight, you know, in history, and the newspaper heard, you know, famous bicycle guys will be home for the holidays kind of a thing. So when we do this reiterating back, we can really work out. It'll be amazing. Again, if you're in a situation where you think communication really needs some help, just practice this. And, and, and I, I think some of you might find that you're really astounded by, now, what did you just hear me say? And then buckle up for what you hear back. But if we make it safe for communication to be engaged, man, then there'll really be some traction in that relationship. Come on, can you say amen? All right, also finding understanding. That's another uh, part of developing good communication skills. In other words, not interrupting or domineering, but really trying to get understanding of what the other person is saying. So often that that is uh, left in the dust. In Ecclesiastes 3.7 says uh, there's a time to tear, there's a time to mend, there's a time to be silent, and there's a time to speak. You know, so just, just walking those rhythms out with the goal of let's find understanding as we're trying to communicate here. And then the last one we'll mention is encouragement. Encouragement. Do you know, for most of us as human beings, encouragement is so, so important. I think we underestimate just how, how healthy and, and vital encouragement is. First Thess Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. So being critical is easy. Uh, and, and when we talk about encouragement, we're not talking about flattery, right? Just, just kind of fluffing somebody. You know, but I can even think of, you know, I can think of a particular situation where somebody was approaching me on something that was very, very difficult for them to share. And quite honestly, in the scenario, it was not something I wanted to hear. Uh, and I don't, mean that, um, I don't mean that out of lack of love. I mean, because it was going to be difficult, you know. But in that moment, my response was, I know how hard that was for you to share that. I really appreciate you having the courage to tell me that. That, that was not flattering them, that was giving them, you know, there's always a place where we can find encouragement, where, where it's authentic, you know, and looking for that opportunity. Uh, I mean, criticism, all we have to do is just have a pulse and open our eyes, and we'll look around, and that flesh will be there and want to, you know, point out things that, that we can criticize. But to be encouraging, it's walking in the Spirit, it's looking for the best in somebody else, it's, it's sowing things in the right direction, it's ultimately building up and not tearing down. So practices, uh, great phrases that we can practice for good communication. I love you. Thank you. Please. I am wrong. Uh-oh. Somebody said, I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. I forgive you. You did a good job. You can do it. Here, let me. I'm proud of you, right? These are all just, just a handful of things that we can say, man, that'll just speak life to others around us. All right, I'm going to move quicker through the second one. The first one really uh, encapsulates uh, what, what we're going to say in the second practice, uh, and, and the second one comes out of the first one. This one is conflict resolution. So uh, two key practices for thriving relationships, conflict resolution. And, you know, the thing about conflict resolution, the, the, the hard truth is most people don't resolve conflict. Amen? 
just kind of let things, you know, blow up and then cool down and then blow up and then cool down. And, and again, that, that's the arena where bitterness and resentments can start to build up. And, and again, they go below the surface so we don't see the toxic work those things are doing, but they'll eventually bring ugly stuff. So how do we, you know, what, what are some things where we can approach resolving conflict intentionally? The first thing I would say, well, we, we drop it because we want to avoid it because it's not pleasant. You know, there's some people, some people are, 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 I lean toward conflict averse, but I've been walking with God long enough where when I realize, when I realize that it's not going to be good if I don't deal with it, I'll deal with it. I might be a little slow, but I'll deal with it. You know, there, there, there are others who will rush right into conflict. And actually, that can be a good thing. Uh, but th- th- these will be some pointers that will help in, in, in whatever area you're in. First one is have the right attitude. There was a large statue of Christ that was built high in the Andes on the border between Argentina and Chile. It was called Christ of the Andes. And the statue symbolized a pledge between these two countries uh, that there would be uh, peace between them. Well, shortly after the statue was put up, the, the Chileans began to protest that they had been slighted. In our modern vernacular, they'd say they had been dissed because Christ was facing the Argentinian side, not the Chilean side. And they're saying, why, why did they build it with his back to us? What are they trying to say? You know, you can tell when people are curmudgeon-y toward each other, right? You know, and this is going on, but there was a wise, wise newspaper man, a Chilean a newspaper man, and he saved the day. He, he put together an editorial that not only satisfied the people, but it made them laugh. And he simply said, the people of Argentina need more watching over than the Chileans, you know, and that was just, you know, a word in season, the Bible says, right? That was just such a, you know, and kind of lighthearted and just diffused all of that. So, so, hey, what's the right attitude toward conflict? Well, hey, how many know a secret that God is trying to be at work in us when conflict happens? Another secret, it's impossible to avoid conflict. I mean, even if we live in isolation, <laughs> we'll be in conflict with ourselves, right? I mean, I mean, there's just no avoiding conflict, but God desires to be at work. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy through conflict. God wants to sharpen and, and mold us to look more like Christ. Right. Amen. So I, I think a, a great attitude is to have a joyful expectation in God. Come on, how many say, oh, that's easy, Jim. The next conflict, I'll just say, I have joyful expectation in God as I face this conflict. How wonderful, right? But, but to realize God's at work. God, God is smoothing off, you, you know, the, uh, the rough parts in my life. A while back, the Lord really challenged me uh, going into one of the new years, and it's something he brings me back to. Uh, approach your challenges positive, faith-filled, and solution-oriented. Notice how those are all attitudinal postures toward conflict, toward toward a problem, right? Positive, faith-filled, God, you're at work in me, regardless of what's going on. See, that'll set us free. When, When we go into it in joyful expectation from the Lord, it it totally disarms the enemy from working through what the other person is or isn't doing. Did you catch that? 
You know, because now it's like I'm just focusing on who God wants me to be, and, and, and now I'm not reactive to what the other person is or isn't doing. Uh, and, and, you know, God will use, you know, situations, you know, like my, my wife and I, you know, driving in the car, you know, sometimes I'll be driving and she'll be like, why didn't you turn there? And I'd be like, oh, because I'm going out this way. And she'll say, well, that's the longer way. And I'll say, no, it's not. And she'll say, yes, it is. And in my great spirituality, I'll say, no, it's not. And she'll say, yes, it is. You know, and I'll realize in the moment, you know, like, like in other words, the, the iron sharpening iron for me uh, is, so I'll make the turn. I'll go her way. Come on, can you say amen? You, you know? And, and there, was, <laughs> there was a time just a couple days ago, right? Do you remember where you said, you should turn here? And I said, okay. And I turned there. And again, we, we chuckled, we laughed and, and everything like that, but th that's a place of, let me have the right attitude about it, you know? If I'm hangry, you know, it might be a different, no, this is the way, I've calculated the miles, you, you know, kind of a thing. You know, our, the, the silly things. And how many know the closer into our heart that the family circle relationship goes, the sillier some of the, the, <laughs> the conversations can be that we get into conflict over, right? So here's the thing. God wants to develop perseverance through, uh, through the, that sandpaper situation of conflict. Even different personalities. Come on, if you have somebody that's a different personality than you, I, I will say this from a personality perspective. This is a drum that I beat through uh, pre-marriage counseling. Different isn't wrong. Uh, talking about personality, because, you know, you like things this way because you like these things this way. One's not right. One's not wrong. You're just different. Now we need to learn how to, in Christ, love and prefer one another and have that to be, you, you know, where, where everybody can get along. And, and, and Christ grows in us through, through those type of scenarios. Come on, can you say amen? amen. So uh, developing perseverance. Because you know that the testing of your faith, James 1, 3, and 4, produces perseverance. Let's let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, uh, you, you know, the sad thing, as I said earlier, much conflict isn't resolved. Uh, people bail or people quit. You know, and, and let me just say something here. These things that we're talking about here today, we're talking in the context of functional relationships. There are some folks out there that are so broken that there's not a capacity to operate in a way that's not abusive or harmful to the other person. Come on, can you say amen? God did not tell anybody to be in a situation where that kind of abuse is happening. With that being said and done, with that being true, and with us uh, n noting that, we need to not make that an excuse for squirming out of conflict. You know, uh, the, have you seen the articles that are on Facebook about, you know, 10 char characteristics of a narcissist and five characteristics of a sociopath? You, you know, uh, and it's like, you know, if, if you insisted on getting, you know, this restaurant instead of this one, it's like, you're a narcissist and a sociopath. I can't believe you wanted to go to that restaurant. You know, so, so we take these things that are real and are serious out in our world and, and, and we carry them into the rest of relationship work where it's like, okay, not so fast. Let's first start with in love, prefer one another. Let me lay my life down for you as you lay your life down for me. And let's understand that conflict is part of the package. And it's something that God wants to use to grow us in Christ.
Come on, can you say amen? So we just don't want to make that, you know, that quick rush. So a couple of thoughts, and we're going to close here. Uh, we want to sow good seeds. You know, Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. I think I've used this illustration before. I heard a story of a, a woman who just woke up. She was just so crabby on the front end of the day. And her daughter picked her up and they were going to go out and go Christmas shopping. And, and, and mom was just miserable like the whole time through. Well, finally, uh, in one of the last stores that they were in, you know, mom was given such an attitude to the cashier and the cashier just reacted and gave her attitude back. You know, as they were leaving, mom leaned over to the daughter and said, did you see the look that that cashier gave me? And the daughter couldn't take it anymore. She said, mom, she didn't give you that look. You've had it all morning, <laughs> right? It was like, you know, you reaped what you sowed. You know, you just carried ugly, you sowed ugly, and now you're shocked when you reaped ugly back. All right, another thought on um, resolving conflict. Let's be those that seek wise counselors. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, for a lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. And you know what? Just having godly people that share our values around us that could help point out our blind spots, you know, uh, wise counselors. You know, uh, it, it's, if somebody's having a, a problem in their marriage, they don't want to get the counsel from the divorced circle of people that's around them uh, that, 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 uh, that would possibly be speaking from that lens, as opposed to people around them saying, let's talk Bible, let's talk values, let's talk how, how to get over uh, where you're hurt and so forth and so on. Can you say Amen. The company that we keep, we have to be very mindful. What are the values that they're carrying and are they sharing my values? And then also hold ourselves accountable enough to say, hey, am I getting around a certain group of people so I can hear what I want to hear? Or do I bring wise counsel that will sharpen me and get that around me? And then, of course, when we talk about counsel, the greatest counsel, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All right, the last one we're going to look at here, there's a couple of scripture references that you could look up, uh, is to immediately seek resolution. Again, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Uh, don't go to bed angry. You know, make a point to resolve something, uh, you know, in that same day to, to release uh, whatever would be unforgiveness or bitterness, you know, not carry that into uh, another day. So we look at all these things here together. And these things will be uh, great, great uh, tools in the toolbox for us to be able to resolve conflict. Hey, I, I tried to be lighthearted and poke some fun in some of this, but I also know that I, I'm, I'm dealing in areas that are very close to our hearts. You know, when we talk about relationships, you know, relationships matter. Relationships are important. Relationships can be some of the sweetest things in the world and can be some of the most heart-wrenching. And uh, I tried to give some statements as we worked through that kind of helped us look at, let's not get in this extreme, let's not get in this extreme, but let's move through biblically here. You know, and, and the safe ground for us to move through and, and how do we apply these principles is just going back to what does God's word say in its context? You know, when it's all said and done, church, what, what are the things, what's following us to heaven? There's only one one thing that's going to follow us to heaven, and it's our relationships, right? So we can't 
A relationship is, is, is two halves interacting, right? You know, I was, I was going to say we bring 50%, they bring 50%. Really, what we're talking about here today is what we can do to bring 100%. And then what the other person brings is up to that other person and the Lord. But if we make the decision to be people of communication and people who resolve conflict, not every person is going to play ball and, and respond back in the same spirit and attitude, but we will be investing very deeply in our relationships and we will be carrying relationships for the long haul through our lives. Man, heavy stuff, hard work, and what we're talking about here today. How many would say, though, so worth it? So worth it, right? The more that we sow in, the more that we invest, the more that we work into relationships, the more priceless they become, whether we're talking from our role as parents, whether we're talking about our role as a spouse. Again, if you're, you know, somebody's not married yet, somebody's engaged, whatever, great, great things for us to be looking at on these are skills that I want to develop in our friendships, in our work relationships, all these things that we look through uh, will carry us down the road. Can you say amen? All right, I'm going to pray in just a minute here. Uh, wow, sorry for going over. Uh, if Christ isn't Lord of your life, He's got to be in our heart and he's got to be reigning as Lord. That's how the love of God pours into our life and that love pours out of us. So that's our first next step. Second one is just a question. Is there anyone in your life that you could improve communication with? Can anybody think of somebody in your life after hearing this message that you could improve communication with? And if the answer is yes, then all right, let's go back. What is one or two things from what we looked at that you could start doing? Maybe, maybe it was in the area of listening. You, you know, maybe it was one of the other areas. How about in resolving conflict? Was there one skill that we mentioned there uh, that you could put into practice that will help conflicts get dealt with constructively? All right, and then the last one, um, memorizing Ephesians 4.29, which talks about not letting any unwholesome communication come out of your mouth. How many know that's good to have that memorized? Because then you can just quote it out in those times where we really need it, like on the line at ShopRite. <laughs> when we're driving on the road, right, we could say, Lord, no uh, corrupt communication is going to come out of my mouth in Jesus' name, right? So we memorize the word so that we have the word at command. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So let's close in prayer and then we will be done. Hey, did you get anything out of that this morning? Yeah? Amen? All right. Praise God. Praise you, Lord. Well, Father, talking about relationships, our key relationship, our central relationship was with you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you invite us to walk with you. You invite us into deep relationship with you. God draws closer, draws closer. And Lord, we pray and lift up before you all of the relationships that are in our lives. Lord, of course, we start with those that are most meaningful. And God, we pray in the areas of communication, in the areas of resolving conflict, Lord, speak to us. Lord, take away our excuses or our justifications. And Lord, give us wisdom and insight that we could 
in a greater way, practice those two areas, resolving conflict and healthy communication. And so, Father, over our relationships now, we ask that you would pour favor, pour grace, pour your anointing. Lord, I pray for any place watching online in this room where relationship is strained, difficult, broken. Lord, we we pray that you would pour out, Lord, that you would restore, that you would heal those relationships. So God, we commit all of this over into your hands. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.